0: You meet people around the state who care about the future, who want their children and their grandchildren to enjoy the same freedom, the same opportunity, or, or more. Freedom and more opportunity than uh, that they had, um, and so it's it's inspiring in that way. There's a lot of thought and a lot of efforts required to be a good uh, justice on, on our court. And so I try to I try to bring a sense of my own fallibility, a determination to get it right, and a strong work ethic to the job. The Honorable Chief Justice and, and Associate, Associate Justice. Justices Actors of the State of North Carolina. Yes, oh yes, oh yes, the Supreme Court of North All Carolina.
1: of our has- citizens across the state depend upon us to uphold and protect both the spirit and the letter of the law and to always apply the law fairly and impartially. To every litigant who comes before this court. God save the state and this honorable court. Hello and welcome to All Things Judicial, a podcast of the North Carolina Judicial Branch. I'm Chris Mears with the Judicial Branch Communications Office. In today's episode we listen to an interview with Associate Justice Trey Allen, one of the newest members on the Supreme Court of North Carolina. Associate Justice Allen shares about his Robeson County upbringing, educational and professional experiences, and his outlook on his new job serving as a Supreme Court justice. Stay with us as we keep all things judicial. Associate Justice Allen, Welcome to All Things Judicial. Thanks for joining us. Thank
0: you, Chris. I'm delighted to be here.
1: So I'd like to begin by um, asking you to take a moment to introduce yourself to our listeners.
0: Uh, I am Trey Allen. I grew up in Robeson County. Uh, I now live in Orange County. Um, I am the what's called the junior justice on the North Carolina Supreme Court. I'm, I'm seven of seven. And um it is a, a tremendous honor to be on our state's highest court.
1: So you grew up in um, in Lumberton, is that correct? I did. Tell us a little bit about um, your early years in Lumberton.
0: Well, when I say I grew up in Lumberton, actually uh, we had a Lumberton mailing address, but I grew up in in uh, the Littlefield area in rural Robison County. Um, my parents lived just off of, and still do, live uh, just off of uh, Highway 41, um, so, uh, our church was two miles down the road. If you know anything about Robinson County, if you've spent any time in Robinson County, uh, you know there are lots of churches there. So, um, you don't have to go very far uh, to, to, to find one. So, it was a wonderful upbringing. The people there had a real sense of community. Um, my parents um, were extremely supportive of my. Uh, education, particularly my mother, uh, made it very clear uh, as soon as I was able to understand it, the statement that I would be going to college. Um, my, my, my father obtained an associate's degree. My mother did not go beyond high school, um, so they it was important to them uh, that uh,
1: that I obtain an education. What did your parents do for a living back then?
0: My father did a, a number of things. Um, by the time I left home, he had been in the life insurance business for several years. Um, he was also a, uh, a, uh, in the Air Force Reserves. So he ended up as an E-9, a chief master sergeant, a first sergeant in the Air Force Reserves prior to his retirement. Uh, my mother was a homemaker.
1: You mentioned your church community growing up in Lumberton there. Um, that must have played an important role in your life. Can you share with us a little more about that?
0: Well, it's certainly, uh, it was certainly formative in the development of my, my values, um, my personal faith, and also my, my belief in the importance of doing good for others, serving others. I spent a lot of time in youth activities at church, um, also did scouting for a while, though um, I didn't, as my three oldest sons like to remind me, all of whom have gone beyond where I did in Boy Scouts, I, I wasn't a Boy Scout very long. But certainly growing up in that environment and among people who, who really, are, or for whom um, God and country and community were important, had a, had a huge impact on me.
1: Generally speaking, our high school years are very formative. What were your high school years like, and what sort of subjects were you interested in in school? I
0: was always, uh, for as long as I can remember anyway, very interested in history. Uh, So I did a lot of reading. I did a lot of reading outside school. I read a lot about Thomas Jefferson, a lot about John Adams, a lot about George Washington and Madison. And of course, the law and, and views on the law and what it ought to be and what a government ought to be were of, of vital importance to them and of vital importance to the creation of our nation.
1: You mentioned that you began having an interest in a legal career when you were in college. You went to UNC Pembroke. I did. Um, tell me about your time at UNC Pembroke.
0: I, I really enjoyed it. I was blessed to, have a scholar, to be a chancellor scholar there. In my first year, I thought I probably will go the academic route, obtain a PhD, maybe in political science. By the by, the end of my four years there, I had decided to go to law school instead. Part of that was because I had gotten involved in student government, and I thought about you know taking a more active role in the world than 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 academia. I think I learned a lot about government, a lot about philosophy while I was there.
1: It, it sounds like education was important in your family, and even throughout your college years was important to you. A political science degree can cover, it's a pretty broad field. It can cover many different aspects. What were some of the things that you really liked to study in college? Um,
0: I, I was, so I was a, a political science major and a philosophy and religion major. And I, I would say that, um, yes, education was important to my family, but, but important in part because of the lack of opportunity that had been there previously. Um, my generation, my, my first cousins and I, we were the first generation in our family to obtain you know, any four year degrees. Uh, my grandmother, I, th- I think she, I, am not sure if she finished sixth grade. Uh, I'm talking about my maternal grandmother. In fact, um, she, uh, the, the story is that, um, uh, my grandfather had to finish teaching
1: her how to read and write and he didn't go beyond high school. So you graduated from UNC Pembroke and then went to the U- University of North Carolina School of Law. What was your time like there in Chapel Hill?
0: Well, there were, of course, lots of brilliant scholars at the law school and, and uh, a very, there was a very talented group of students. But uh, th- there were certainly aspects of it that I really enjoyed. I had some, some wonderful uh, professors, one who stands out as professor and later dean of the law school, uh, Jack Boger. Um, he brought a wealth of knowledge to the to the subject, but also really encouraged students to to think and to 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 analyze issues and look at them at, at important constitutional issues from from different
1: perspectives. So you also served our country in the U.S. Marine Corps. Tell us about your decision to join. When did you make that decision?
0: I've I've made many important life decisions almost on the spur of the moment, um, which may not be the best way to do it, but it seems to have worked for me. Um, and, And so I was in law school, and I wasn't really sure about what I was going to do or what I wanted to do with my law degree. And I happened to wander into a presentation by a Marine Corps officer on opportunities for attorneys in the Marine Corps. And I... I heard what he said and it just immediately I thought that's it, that's what I want to do. Um, I, as I mentioned, my father had been in the Air Force. There was a long tradition of military service in my family and it it struck me that if I were going to do something like that, this was probably my last opportunity. I called my wife, who was not my wife at the time, but my fiance and told her, hey, uh, I'm going to join the Marine Corps. And she said, you're what? And uh, there was, you know, a negotiation, an extend, an extensive, extended negotiation, and and she ultimately agreed to uh, to support that. And we thought, you know, we'll do one tour, and um, and and that's what that's what we uh, what we did.
1: So um, graduated in, in two thousand, went on active duty, and then September eleventh, two thousand one, happened. I imagine that was a very significant event for you, being in the service, and, of course, just as it is for most of the people in our generation. Tell us about how that event impacted your life.
0: Well, when it occurred, I was actually at Naval Justice School in, in Rhode Island. So um, all new Marine Corps officers have to go to the basic school in Quantico for, for six months of training. So that was what I did when I went on active duty in 2000. And then after that, in, in order to, to serve as a judge advocate uh, in the Marine Corps or the Navy, you have to uh, complete Naval Justice School in, in, in Rhode Island, at Newport, Rhode Island. So that's where I was when 9-11 happened. And of course, when, when it occurred, we all thought you know, that our military service is going to look very different than what we had originally um, imagined. Um, I went to, it didn't have an immediate impact on me in the sense that um, I went to Okinawa as planned and, and served uh, there as a deputy staff judge advocate and as a prosecutor. Um, but I did, uh, before I left the Marine Corps, end up doing a tour
1: um, in Iraq. Tell me a little bit more about that. What was that like for you and your family to do that tour? Um, and what were your duties as a jag, jack officer during war, so my
0: um, my wife was pregnant with our first child when I left for Iraq. Uh, that's something I'll, I'll just never forget. That plane ride, you know, leaving my, my, my pregnant wife behind. I was fortunate. Uh, I had a desk job in Iraq, so I, you know, the the war for me was pretty boring and boring in a good way. Uh, but I was the um, number two lawyer in an organization called uh, the Iraq Survey Group, which was a multi-service, multinational, multi-agency entity that was charged with finding Saddam's weapons of mass destruction. Uh, so don't blame me uh, for you know, not finding more. I, I wasn't actually doing the searching. I was I was giving legal uh, guidance to 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 the command, and and it was a tr- there were just a tremendous group of of talented people.
1: So you returned to North Carolina in in 2005. What did you do next? Well, the next thing I did was
0: I clerked uh, for Paul Newby, who was then the Junior justice, the junior associate justice on the court as I am now, and is now of course our chief justice. So I clerked for him for uh, I think about fourteen months, and that experience made a huge impact on me. Um, I hadn't really appreciated prior to that the importance of our state supreme court, but certainly working closely with him on opinions and petitions and and the other work of the court opened my eyes to to the impact that the Supreme Court has on our state.
1: Was it at that time that you contemplated a potential run for Supreme Court office?
0: Uh, well, I certainly thought that the court would be a place I'd love to serve, and I I flattered myself that I would be good at the job. I, I won't say that I had any kind of plan as, as to how to get there. I didn't, but, but the thought... Wow wouldn't it be a, a a wonderful thing and to to serve the people of the state
1: on the supreme court yeah i did I did think that so after your time as a law clerk with the chief justice, he was an associate justice at the time you went and worked in private practice for for a few years. What was that like for you
0: well i I went to a great firm, um therrington Smith, and I practiced education law so so I represented school districts around the state. So that was a lot of time spent at school board meetings, a lot of time spent uh, in litigation. Uh, so the, the job was sort of half general counsel. You advise school systems on, you know, what they can do, what they can't do. You review their contracts, you help them with employment law issues, et cetera. So it's about half general counsel and then half um, defense counsel.
1: So what was the conversation like? You're you're in private practice, and you probably had to sit down with your wife on your couch and say, honey, I'm thinking about running for Supreme Court. Is that how it went down? No,
0: well, actually, um, no, because I didn't run from private practice. Actually, in 2013, I left the firm to become a faculty member at the UNC School of Government. Um, I was one of the faculty members who focused on uh, local government. Um, I uh, wrote uh, articles, books, and offered courses that were designed to teach uh, local government officials about um, areas or or matters of law that were important to them, Uh, open meetings, for example, uh, public records law, uh, board procedures, uh, parliamentary procedure. Uh, liability. Those were some of the areas that I dealt with. I also dealt with the uh, general regulatory and enforcement powers of local governments. Um, the, the School of Government, uh, if you if you go to the website, you'll see that, and you look at its mission statement, you'll see that its purpose is to provide practical scholarship that um, promotes good government uh, at the the local and the state level. Many of our our judicial branch officials will be very familiar with the school of government because the school of government also offers uh, extensive training for, for judges, both new judges and then also for experienced
1: judges in the form of continuing education programs. So tell me about that decision to run for, for office.
0: I actually – so I, as I said, I went to the UNC School of Government. I was a faculty member there, as I said, in, beginning in 2013. When Paul Newby was elected chief justice, he asked me to serve as the general counsel for the courts. So I took a leave of absence from the school of government to do that. But uh, it occurred to me that there was an opportunity to run while serving as general counsel. And uh, so uh, that it was not a decision that was made in a the day. There was a lot of thought put into it, um, a lot of many discussions with my wife, uh, a lot of prayer. Frankly, my wife came to the conclusion that it was the right thing to do before I did, which uh, was sort of a sign to me because she had always been opposed to the idea of getting into anything political.
1: So North Carolina is a very big state from Murphy to Manio. Yes, it is. Um, Running statewide is not easy, to say the least. What was that experience like for you and for your family?
0: There were so many wonderful things about it. You truly do when you run statewide, and and I my campaign was essentially a twenty month campaign. We had a we had a primary uh, before the general election, so you know we hit the ground running and and kept going full blast through election day. You do learn the state in a way that you would not otherwise when you're engaged in a statewide campaign, and it, it really is from Murphy to Manio, although I sort of went the opposite way. I, I think I went to Manio before I went to Murphy, but I did get to both places and, and uh, innumerable points in between. Uh, you meet people around the state who care about the future, who want their children and their grandchildren to enjoy the the same freedom, the same opportunity, or, or more freedom and more opportunity than, than that they had. Um, and so it's, it's inspiring in that way. If you, depending on your, your media consumption, you can end up with the impression that people just don't care. Uh, but, and that's, that's, that's wrong. There are, um, so many people who are willing to sacrifice to, to provide opportunity for, for, for others. So that was motivating. It was very difficult Very time consuming because I was still functioning as the general counsel for the courts, which is a demanding job, and campaigning in my off time. So it was tough on the family. There was uh, not a lot of of family time. And uh, I certainly couldn't have done it without my wife. And uh, she, she, uh, uh, for 20 months, essentially anything that needed to be done at home, she took care of and uh, without complaint. I certainly complained more than she did. And when I did, she would remind me that no one had made me run.
1: So So take me back to election night, 2022. Um, As the returns were coming in, where were you? What did it feel like? Try to give us a sense of what it's like to run statewide and just wait for that final moment.
0: Well, uh, I was with a group of um, friends and supporters at an undisclosed location. It took a while for us to be sure of what the outcome would be. Um, The early voting went one way, and then when the rest of the votes came in, uh, the election went my way. We didn't have an excruciatingly long night, but one thing I stressed to my children was that really all we had done was to win the opportunity to do something. Uh, That's all you've really done when you win an election. You've won an opportunity to serve. And what you make of it
1: is what determines whether you're a success. So now you're the junior justice. What's it like to serve on the most powerful court in North Carolina?
0: It's uh, humbling. I think it should be humbling for anybody. If it's not humbling, you probably shouldn't be there. We do make some very important decisions, um, decisions about – Um, separation of powers, decisions about the uh, extent of the legislature's power and the extent of the executive's power and the extent of the judiciary's power. On matters of state law, we're the final word. Uh, There's no appeal. Um, When we interpret federal law, the only appeal is to the U.S. Supreme Court. And, of course, the U.S. Supreme Court doesn't take very many cases. So for all intents and purposes, in almost all instances, when we decide something, um, that's it. Most of the cases we decide aren't the cases that get, uh, that are written about or talked about in the media, but they're extremely important to the parties. The breadth of cases that we deal with is enormous. No one can know it all. Uh, that's why we have to do research in, uh, to, in the course of deciding cases. So uh, I'm, I'm very conscious of the fact that I don't know it all and that There's a lot of thought and a lot of efforts required to be a good uh, justice on on our court. And so I try to to bring a sense of my own fallibility, a determination to get it right, and a strong work ethic to the job.
1: So when the court is impaneled, when they leave that door from behind the bench and they all take their seats and the clerk pounds the gavel to gavel us into session – what what's it like to sit in that majestic courtroom and watch oral argument from the other side from the bench what is that like well um
0: it, it's a, it's a great honor uh oftentimes as I'm, I'm i'm listening to my colleagues uh pepper uh the attorneys with questions i'm very glad to be sitting behind the bench and not standing where the advocates are it, it's Something that I thought about earlier in my career as a possibility, uh, now that it's happened, um, I just feel such a sense of gratitude to God, number one, who's the author of all good things, but um, but again to the to the people of the state, it's it's incredible to be there, uh, but there's there's also a, a real weight. I, I feel the weight of responsibility, um, because. The decisions that we make um, can chart the course of the law for for decades, and uh, so if we if we if we mess up, then the ripple effects of that are are, are can be uh, huge.
1: Associate Justice Allen, I want to thank you for joining us on All Things Judicial. It has really been a pleasure. Thank you, Chris. Take care. Thank you for listening to All Things Judicial, a podcast of the North Carolina Judicial Branch. You can find out more about the Judicial Branch by visiting nccourts.gov.